Welcome back to Beyond Classified. I'm Chris Matthew. Today my guest is Adam Weinstein. He has a business degree from Drexel University and is a self-taught programmer. He has always been a naturally curious person and enjoys exploring the why behind things. Ultimately, that curiosity led him towards researching the current state of news and political polarization we see in the media. Things came to a head when COVID hit and he became fed up with the modern news experience. He decided to start Sift News with a friend to create an alternative experience that gives control back to the people. More broadly, he hopes to shed more light on this type of technology so people can make conscious choices and set boundaries around it. Adam, welcome. How you doing? I'm doing well, Chris. How are you? I'm excellent, man. It's good to have you. I love what you're doing with SIF News. Uh, yeah, man, it's 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 a double-edged sword technology, and it can be used for good of humanity or for evil. Unfortunately, the majority of tech being used on a global scale, especially tech is associated with social media and online information, eh, not so much for our benefit at this moment. Uh, I mean, we still, it's a tool, so you can use it either way. We can use it to turn around the information for ourselves, but there's so much misinformation right now, it gets hard to mm -hmm. sift through the stuff. And, you know, exactly, I love the uh, the title, SIF News. Uh, now, we're at a critical point in our evolution that something like this can be extremely beneficial to us. Uh, so I'm looking forward to, to, what you, to hearing about what you got going on. Let's start with a little bit more about yourself, uh, your background, and what got you started rolling with this? Yeah, so um, I mean, my background, um, I've, I've done a variety of jobs. I've you know, done mostly business has been my focus in terms of like educational background, but um, I've always uh, been a, a programmer at heart, an engineer at heart. And so I've kind of developed a, a hybrid skill set in that way. I've you know, worked for big companies like Boeing and I've worked for a startup most recently that was in the machine learning space. So for them, it was more about building out a recruiting model to help match uh, candidates with clients and try to automate that portion of the process, which is uh, really, when I started to kind of dive into this space of machine learning and the role that it has been kind of taking over and shaping society in that way. Um, and I kind of just took that alongside uh, just the new space in general, because I'm always someone who just kind of wants to understand why and, and look into things a little bit deeper. And obviously, when seeing just the current state of politics and, and how social media has taken over and, and these tools that we've been using to get uh, the news and, and, and follow through with these information channels. Uh, I just wanted to kind of better understand those relationships. And I started kind of digging deeper, peeling back the onion a bit, trying to understand how all of this works. And, and in particular, what's even perpetuating uh, political polarization specifically in the US. Um, and that's really when I, I stumbled on the opportunity to create SIF News as um, really an alternative to what I was seeing out into uh, or out in the market in general. Awesome, man. Uh, when did you start seeing the, the real dangers of misinformation in media and social media? Was it after COVID or did you, did, were you looking into it a little bit before? Oh, even before, I mean, to be honest, even, even back when I was in college, I was seeing like the, uh, where, you know, a lot of times I would try to have productive conversations, but a lot of times it would seem like people were just talking at you, not with you. And, and there was no real productive outcome from the conversations. Um, and I think even at that point, I, I started to notice that these tools favor you sort of sticking to 
uh, like-minded individuals because that's what they were built for initially, right? They weren't necessarily built for um, sort of open-minded discourse between different groups of people. I mean, to, to some degree, yes, that was allowed, but it seems like the way that people used it and gravitated towards it, it was more about building those communities. And um, it seemed like people gravitated more towards sticking to their own beliefs. It didn't really foster, you know, exploring things outside of what you may like. And a lot of that came, or it comes back to the technology that, uh, it, in terms of how it's being built, right? And that goes kind of relates to the machine learning algorithms and um, part of what's facilitating a lot of the fake news that we, we see uh, floating around on the platform still today. Yeah, for sure. Um, did you think that things would escalate to the point that we're at now as far as the saturation of false narratives and information going wild just, you know, since since 2020, since COVID? Yeah, so I, I mean, I wanted to believe for a while that uh, things would reconcile, they would get better. Uh, I didn't want to believe that we would just, things would just continue to get worse, but that's exactly what has happened. I, mean, I feel like we've continually just drifted further and further apart. Um, even just looking at the, the politics of it, left and right. I mean, I've, I've read stories about people just won't date Republicans or vice versa, um, or they won't talk to them, or like they'll just block people on, on social media if they disagree with you. And um, it just kind of, it, it's hit a point where it's just, uh, it, it's honestly just insanity from what I've seen in terms of how far we've drifted apart. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's nothing I've seen to really help shift that, right? There's no, um, I mean, that's, well, I'll, I'll get into part of what I was going to say later on, but I, I there's nothing I've seen that's really helped correct course. Um, mm. And that's kind of part of what the, the goal of SIF News would be as well, to try to help uh, identify a solution to um, to correct course, right? Because, you know, it's, it, I haven't seen anything help bring us back to a, a normal uh, sort of baseline. Uh, well, I mean, and one of the huge problems is we're only seeing one side of the information. We're only seeing one side of the narrative. Um, we have a whole portion of our society that's being silenced, and it's frustrating because we can't tell uh, how many the majority are, how people really feel about what's going on, because everything is censored for one side. Uh, now, speaking of the censorship, uh, I remember when it first like really hit hard after they got rid of Alex Jones and it was a trickle down mm-hmm. effect to all the smaller outlets and, and independent media and on YouTube and it just kind of went crazy from there. Um, what did you think when this was happening? Did you think this would reconcile itself or did you see it getting to where it, it is right now? Yeah, it's it's a good question. I mean, I for me it, this is whole thing has just been a snowball effect right it's just everything it, it just kind of adds on to the next and it's all kind of moving in that same direction where i mean to be completely honest and i'm, I'm sure you've dealt with similar issues but um even on, on the advertising side where like i was using uh, facebook to try to uh, obviously get traction for stiff news initially and when i was running tests to see if we could get any traction the uh, the ad models that facebook like the filters that you're able to use um, are not allowed anymore. They were completely blocked. So I can't even advertise to certain groups of people anymore on the platform um, just because they don't want you to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's this is just the trend of modern technology. And I guess, you know, I get the argument of like they're private companies, but I mean, my, my stance has always been at a certain point, some of these companies, they sort of transcend the private technology space and it goes into the public domain where, you know, these tools are so ingrained in society that, they should be held to a particular standard that um, 
just supports society as a whole, right? Where they're not using that power to a certain degree that can then shape society in a negative way, right? They have to you know, just be held to a higher standard, in my opinion. Uh, but to your point, I mean, this whole thing has just been a snowball effect <laughs> in, in, in every regard from what I've seen. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, and I don't think we've, we're even close to seeing the end of everything that's happening. Um, let's get to what uh, this SIFT news is and behind it, and maybe a little bit of the technology behind it. First, um, for those that may not know about it, talk about machine learning algorithms um, and how these can work you know, for our benefit. Sure, yeah. So... At a, at a high level, when you think machine learning algorithms, it's this process where you, you take a set of data, right? And, and it's essentially your, your training data. And the goal is to uncover certain patterns within that data to then help you classify information or make predictions um, and, and to just ultimately do some sort of process better and automate it through this concept of machine learning, which essentially means um, allowing a computer to learn from that set of data. So just to give a simple example, if you look into the finance or investing space, one application here is you can analyze stock data and, and market history to then isolate certain signals in the market to then tell you when you should buy or sell or make certain moves in real time within the market. Um, this is also seen with the recommendation algorithm. So if you're looking at Spotify, um, you know, your, your top 100, your, your weekly list or whatever it is. Um, that all comes from recommendation algorithms that are looking at the data you're providing. So what are you listening to? How long are you listening to it for? What are other people listening to that are similar to that? And how does that compare to the rest of their, um, their library of content? And can they recommend that to you so that you engage with it? Um, so just a different example, but they all pretty much work the same way. Um, now, those are two examples that um, I would say are generally you know, harmless and, and, and overall benefit society in a way. Um, so I just want to point out here, too, that the technology itself is not inherently bad, right? It's just there's certain use cases where I feel like it just things go a little too far and um, where I think people should be more aware of and make some more um, just conscious decisions around how it, it impacts their life. Um, and so for me, that's like with, with news that would be crossing a line for me uh, in terms of uh, what you should or should not be comfortable in terms of using this type of technology um, in, in that domain. Um, so just to kind of add on to that, uh, the main difference here is because if you, know, if you don't want to listen to Spotify or Netflix or whatever, you don't have to do that. Um, but in society, news is such a core part of you know, your, your channel to the outside world and understanding what is going on, that unless you just want to shut up the outside world, you can't just stop reading or watching the news. Right? It's, it's, it's an ingrained part of just any society. Um, so now I, don't, I don't want to go too, too far off track with this, but um, that, that's sort of the, the general gist of like machine learning and applications and how it's sort of taking shape within our society. Because the technology itself is never going to go away. It's only going to get better and more advanced because this is ultimately what is driving a ton of profit for these companies. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it's not going to slow down in terms of its development. Well, let's talk about how uh, machine learning 
basically crosses a line with news and media, mainstream media platforms. It takes, uh, you have in your notes, it takes accurate news about six times as long as false news to reach you on things like Twitter. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. So that, that was actually from uh, coming from an MIT study. Um, if you've seen um, the social dilemma, they actually mentioned the same study. Uh, and it's fascinating because with what they discovered was that it's not even necessarily the, the bots or the algorithms that are doing it. It's people retweeting information and that's what's spreading it so quickly. Um, and so even with the social media sites, keep in mind too that uh, there was a, a Pew Research study that was done not too long ago that looked at um, how people get news and more than 50% of the country from this study uh, is actually using social media as their primary news source, where they get news from it regularly. Um, so this is something that you know, a lot of people are uh, relying on for information. And yet between the algorithms themselves, trapping them in, in filter bubbles, which is essentially, um, this is part of crossing the line where um, you know this content essentially will only recommend content to you that is agreeable to you that you've proven to like Facebook, Twitter, Google, et cetera, that you engage with. Um, and so you, you're dealing with that, but then you're also dealing with the retweeting and people sharing information that can be false that is popping up on your newsfeed. So it's, there's like, there's a lot going on within that space that I would just call noise in terms of how do people decipher this information or disseminate it in a way that, um, you know, they can get an actual clear picture of what is going on in the world. Because, you know, when, when you, realize that you know you, you could be looking at something that could be false information or you're looking at something um, that is really only uh, sort of fortifying your own beliefs it's very difficult to kind of break out of that shell because of the way these products are designed yeah man and I, I uh, would encourage everyone to try this experiment find someone that you have a completely opposite belief system from you know whether it's Republican or Democrat or Christian whatever these major polarizing topics find someone that is completely different uh, has a completely different belief system than you and scroll down their news feed compared to yours it's like a completely different reality. It's like they don't even live on the same planet you're living on. It's crazy to see how divided people have become just based on social media and the timelines that they're scrolling through, right? Yeah, 100%. I mean, you, you did that with Google, too. Um, you can Google literally the exact same thing, um, but you will see different results based on where you are, your search history, your preferences. It, it's it, This stuff it's everywhere. I mean, it really is because um, even the entire ad network and ad retargeting is it's built the exact same way. Oh, like if you, cause you know, you, you click on, you know, uh, one thing on Amazon and then you go on Instagram, you get an ad for it and you just clicked on it. Right. It, it's how a lot of these systems um, and products that we use are, are built. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, it's just wild how, how sort of ingrained all of this is within society. And then this is also, again, impacting people's information channels. Um, and a lot of that affects people's mental health. It affects how people perceive the world. It, it affects how people interact with others. Um, and I think that this is also what's part of, or part of what is fueling political polarization in the country, because it's like, well, look at the products that we're all using every single day, right? It, it's, it's, it's aiding in that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, now, not to get too like uh, woo-woo or off-topic or anything, how do you feel about AI and its dangerous potential? You know, you hear things like the singularity, and it's gonna, you know, decide that humans aren't worth having around one day. Uh, I want to get your thoughts on that as a program. 
Yeah, it's 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 an interesting topic. I mean, I I, I think I read the other day that you know there, there was like some breakthrough in like sentient awareness for for a computer, and I don't know. I I, I still I don't know if true AI really exists in terms of uh, you know understanding like a robot's understanding emotion and and making decisions. I, I still think humans are the, the the best decision makers and problem solvers that have existed to this point, um, and you know, obviously, you know, humans as a whole are, are flawed. So I don't know if like building uh, an AI and in, in, uh, uh, sort of the vision of a human is necessarily the right way to go. But I don't know. I, it's I, I feel like as long as it's you know, I feel like a lot of it's just setting boundaries, right? Even even going back to this technology, it's like what are we comfortable with? I don't think it's the right idea to try to build a, a superior race through this. But if we can find ways to just automate things, make things easier. Um, you know, that, that is probably the way to go. Um, but I think a lot of it, it just comes down to problem solving and application and, and clearly define goals with what AI can do for society. I guess is, it, that's where I'm coming from. Um, uh, I don't know. If, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say that. I guess I can. Go ahead. Go ahead. Finish oh, up. Yeah, I mean, my last thought was just like, I don't, I don't see us either being like a, like the singularity. I don't know if I, I, I I totally into to that. I think uh, what's uh, I forget the Kurzweil. Kurzweil is that? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, he's he's an interesting guy for sure. I, I don't know if I subscribe to all of his beliefs, but um, you know, my stance is just kind of going around set, setting boundaries around you know what, what what can this do for us in terms of uh, aiding and improving society. Uh, right on. I, I would just keep it within that arena. Right. Uh, well, what about the aspect that um, machines w- will be taking people's jobs? And this is accelerating uh, at a at very high rate every day. We see more and more things that these uh, you know, machines and robots can do that will just easily replace the, the, automated, the worker with automation. Uh, do you see any dangers in this you know, in the immediate future? Well, that's for, that's for sure. Um, even just the, the whole trucker industry. I don't know if you've heard about that, but um, like automated truckers, and that's gonna that would level an entire industry. And I know that the, the, the common thought there is to just retrain them, but it's really not that simple. So there are absolutely threats to this. Um, you know, there, there's some interesting legislation where they say you know, these companies that are pushing this automation, they make so much money, they should have a tax or like you know, going into even UBI with this, this uh, automation. I think, you know, UBI is something that I would want to be tested more um, and entertain more because I think that is something that we're, again, kind of going back to where, what can we, what can this do to benefit society? I think in, in the grand scheme of things, you know, if we're talking utopia, idealistic reality, um, if we all had more time in our lives to do what we wanted to, and so that we're not all sort of slaving away doing like the nine to five type of job, um, I think most people would be in favor of that. Um, but obviously there's, you know, there's not a leap from point A to point B, you know, there's, there will have to be a curve there, um, which would mean people would have to lose jobs in between. So I think being able to demand it, I mean, there are absolutely threats to this technology and that's why I think it's, it's important to kind of have or keep in mind um, any repercussions in terms of like, you know, this is going to be a change, but how do we make it gradual? And so we don't just, you know, level an entire industry to put robots in place. You know, so they, there's always got to be a balance. Um, but you know, yeah, there there are definitely some some risks to this uh, in the immediate term. 
Right. And uh, while we're still kind of looking at the um, the illusions that the media portrays, I guess a couple of years ago, there's a lot of researchers that believe that the U.S. is controlled, the, the media is controlled by six companies. I think it's a lot less than that now. Um, you know, I think it's down to a couple of companies that control everything. I could be wrong. Uh, but there is a definite illusion of choice uh, that they're presenting us. They're you know, trying to separate all these different products into something that is from a same corporation, uh, probably made with the same poisonous ingredients that will have the same outcome on humanity. And they have a monopoly on everything. And it's for uh, people that, like yourself, who are creating something on an individual basis, uh, it's, it's hard to kind of get yourself out there when everything is focused on the 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 mainstream corporate bullshit right mm. well yeah so we kind of moving into more of the uh like how the, how the media business itself is structured it, it's interesting because um the companies that uh, that exist today you know they're they're, they're they keep sort of gobbling each other up and, and buying each other up and they, they own hundreds of billions of dollars under, under um assets or in assets um and it wasn't always that way i mean if you go back into the 70s you had 50 plus companies that own pieces of this space um and and now like you, you know you take disney for example they're absolutely massive in terms of their their power um in, in terms of in the media and then even if you look at lower levels it's the same exact thing so uh, a few years ago there was a video passed around uh with a bunch of fox news anchors reciting this exact this like identical script and then it went from like one to the next and it like zoomed out and then showed like hundreds of these local fox news stations reciting the exact same script have you seen that yeah oh yeah okay so yeah okay so that's that's a product of the sinclair broadcast group uh so this is a, another conglomerate within the broadcast space and they, they own something like 300 channels they have access or they, they reach around 40 percent of u.s households and they're they're known for like you know restricting the amount of politics they cover. They send like canned piece scripts like the one on the video to these networks, um, and, and they're 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 notorious for this. Um, and it's like it it just blows my mind how much power exists in such concentrated levels. And then you you know you might think even on the publication space maybe it's a little bit better. Um, and you look at, like, you take the Chicago Tribune, for example, they were uh, one of the oldest newspapers in the country. They're still one of the largest uh, publications in circulation today. And so they're owned by this larger publishing company called the Tribune, right? And they, you know, they, they had some rough years, obviously, you know, local news, it's, it's, it's hard to make money in that space right now. Um, but they eventually found a way to become stable in the last year or so and almost exactly a year ago today actually may uh, 2021 this company called alden uh, global capital came in and made an offer to buy the tribune for 633 million dollars uh and they sold now uh alden is a hedge fund and um going back to like 2007 they started buying up these newspaper uh, new newspapers because um, you know, at the time the Great Recession, you know, things weren't going well for the newspapers at that point either. They thought maybe well, this company can come around, buy them up, maybe some good will have happen. They'll they'll turn out, they'll turn, they'll turn their business around. Uh, fast forward to today, and they are the second largest newspaper publishing company um, in the U.S. 
They control about 200 newspapers and their model model right now is pretty simple where they, they buy these newspapers up, they gut the staff, they uh, jack up subscription prices and they just milk it for all it's worth in terms of the cash value of it. Um, and they've just been systematically going through buying newspapers and just absolutely gutting them. Um, and 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 the the largest the largest newspaper publisher right now, um, believe it or not. So again, through all these other acquisitions and, and movement, um, it's a company called Gannett, but they are owned by uh, a private equity firm who is owned by SoftBank. So they, it kind of just everything trees up into these massive conglomerates, and SoftBank is a, a Japanese owned conglomerate. So you're talking the the, the two largest um, publishing U.S. You know, publishing companies within the U.S. are a Japanese conglomerate and a hedge fund. So it's like at every level, it's just these massive companies dominating the media space and everything, everything trees up to them. Um, and and it, it, it's still kind of it's still crazy to me how much concentrated power exists within this space. Yeah, it is. It is. And it's crazy how these companies don't care about the end result. They, sometimes, lately, they don't even care about profits being made. They just care about putting forward a certain agenda. Uh, it seems like this whole system is crumbling because they're not uh, – these companies and even uh, the media and Hollywood is not providing uh, a, a product that is – it's a subpar product. It's not something that people are wanting anymore because they're, it's entertainment is not entertaining anymore. They're not hiring people who are qualified for jobs anymore. They're not trying to provide products that will actually do what the product is said to do. It's all about agendas, trying to put forward different ideas into the public, trying to steer the society in certain directions through the messages in media in social media and it is no longer about the end product or even profits uh so that's where i think the system's going to crumble and a new kind of up-and-coming people like yourself are going to come in because people want real stuff they want real news they want real information and they're tired of the bullshit propaganda in everything right yeah, for sure. I mean, because even looking at the structure, it's like if, if they have that much control, like that, that's what defines the mainstream media. They would never report on something that's not mainstream because it doesn't support their interests. Right. That's sort of the whole point. Um, and, and really, it, it presents a conflict of interest because um, what I would have liked to see for a long time is some sort of antitrust legislation around this space because it very much has become a monopoly um and, and there's absolutely nothing <laughs> there's absolutely nothing that i've heard um to try to you know we, we need like a, a modern day teddy roosevelt to come in but i don't i don't i don't, I don't see any candidates that can uh, really embody that either so yeah yeah there's there's no one going to be coming along to save us uh that's going to be our job and uh people <laughs> like yourself are taking the reins on this stuff man i love it tell us all about sif news and what you got going and the whole idea and concept behind it and where you're at with it yeah so sif news um the the whole idea is to i guess starting on the, on the, on the product side is it's to flip the model of the sort of the normal passive news experience that we have. So again, a lot of, you know, it, it's much built to be like an alternative to say like social media, if you use that. 
where you know, a lot of times it's scrolling, it's it's just passive information, channels passively getting information and, and whatever is shared within your network. Whereas with SIFT, you know, instead of analyzing people and content recommendations, we're trying to actually analyze the content itself. So, you know, can we understand um, if there's a certain sentiment where, you know, if someone's trying to inflict some sort of emotional language or an opinion even within, within the content, can we identify that? Um, eventually we'll look into validity. We're looking at the political bias of the news source, trying to just give you as much information upfront about what it is that you're actually reading. Um, and then also giving you the ability to customize your newsfeed however you want. So for example, if you wanna look at you know, left or right or, or somewhere in the middle news sources all on one feed, you can do that. If you wanna have a feed of just far left and see how they view something or you're far right, you, you can kind of very easily move through the full spectrum of the information. Because um, again, the, the core focus here is to create almost like a, an open repository where um, you can actively ask questions and, and do your own digging within this um, the context of the, the news that's available. Um, so it's not like you have to uh, just read what's on the feed in front of you. If you want to look at a specific issue, you can search for that issue and then select filters around the news source and you can see the bias and, and, and see those breakdowns. Um, and, and really try to usher in more of this active news experience where people actually have more control over um, what they see. So, um, and, and in terms of where we're at right now, so right now we, we have, it's live right now on CFnews.com. It's still um, early on in, in the sense that there's still plenty of updates that we're trying to work on. And um, over, over time, I'll, I'll start, you know, delving more into the resources to uh, improve the data science, improve our, our ability to identify these things. It's, it's never going to be done, to be fair. It's um, within the space, especially models, it, it's ne you're never done. So it's always an evolution. Um, but that's sort of the core sort of platform side. Um, and then the, the, the other side, <clears throat> more in terms of um, the content itself, as we talked about, you know, there's, there's this illusion of choice within media. Part of what I want to be able to do is instill uh, more independent news sources, try to reinvigorate the concept of, of even independent local journalism, um, ideally even nonpartisan journalism, if, if we can identify it. Um, because we're, we're seeing um, in this space, um, I don't know if you've heard of a company called Substack, but they, um, they're they one of many companies that allow people to build and host their own newsletters. And so you're seeing people being able to um, support themselves outside of sort of the large typical newsrooms or, or publications uh, and build out their own following. And, and the benefit with that is, you know, they, they can host their content, but they don't necessarily do much in, in helping them market that content. Um, but there is this rise in people that are trying to get better journalism, better content out there. So the goal would be to have them, um, you know, get their content onto SIF News as well. So we can kind of create this almost like a two-sided marketplace where you have uh, people that can, you, know, you can still aggregate the national sources if you want. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, but you'd still have the other options available to you where you can look at national sources versus local or independent sources uh, and even better understand what the differences are between them um, and just ultimately have more options. Or like, more, I don't think more information is, is bad in this space because, again, you would have the ability to uh, read what you want, come to your own conclusions, and um, ultimately just kind of uh, just, just change how people think about reading and interacting with the news. Um, so I guess that, that's uh, 
I guess, in, in a nutshell, what the, the sort of vision of the, the product is. Right on. Man, how do you get started with, with something of, you know, such a huge product like this, especially on the programming? And I'm no way a programmer or techie guy at all, so I would be completely lost. Uh, what, what's the, the kind of process for getting something like this off the ground? Yeah, so there's actually a lot of tools that um, allow you to uh, build websites, no code nowadays. It's It's been uh, like I, I kind of got my roots in Excel and then I started to teach myself SQL and, and Python after that. And for me, it was it was easy enough to kind of get the, the basic website together. Um, I, I was able to build out a news aggregator, which is really where it all starts um, in terms of just getting the content. And then from there, it was just a matter of piecing together um, information that I had available. Um, so there's like sentiment analyzers and things that, that pretty much work well enough out of the box. Um, so that's how I was able to sort of <laughs> bootstrap my way into the MVP that we have now. Uh, moving forward in the future, uh, you know, data science is going to be a core focus, obviously, to always improve the models that we have. Because ultimately, the better that we can classify the content, the better the product's going to be to the end user. Um, and outside of that, building out the uh, the marketplace is uh, certainly a whole nother level of complexity. Uh, full transparency, we're not there yet, um, but that is that is the sort of the vision or, or the goal that we want to get to um, to really kind of keep keep things moving and to try to you know turn the tides in that way. Because again, it's like for, for me, the, the the larger problem is trying to just uh, sort of in my, in my own way, I guess. Uh, uh, try to break up some of the monopolies that we have, or at least break up some of the reliance we have on the monopolies. Because again, like I said, there's no legislation coming. So the only thing we can really do is to try to um, make it profitable again for, for independent or local journalists to to step up and be able to have that platform because um, it, local local journalism used to be like the lifeblood of this country. It used to be what it ran on because these, these people have an inherent interest in uh, improving their community. A lot of these national news sources, a lot of these massive conglomerates really don't care. Um, and it's not, it's not their prerogative, which is fine. Um, but that doesn't mean that we should continue to squeeze out the, the local and independent journalists. Um, so anyway, yeah. Um, and, so that, uh, go ahead. No, no, I, I was, I was done. Okay. Well, I, you know, along the same lines, uh, there's this new kind of theme of perceived dangerous information coming from certain aspects of the media. And me personally, I don't think any information is dangerous. It's all about how you perceive the information. And I think that uh, humans have a lot more capability to discern information than we're being told. We're being told we have to be told exactly what we want to hear and see and think. Uh, but there is this notion that you know some opinions are dangerous dangerous and hurt people and whatever, hurt people's feelings. But there is also a, a level of uh, intentional misinformation that probably could cause harm in certain aspects. So there's another kind of fine line you got to watch out for if you are allowing open source information from everywhere, right? Uh, what do you think the the answer to, to this is, if any? You know, I'm not about censorship at all. I think, like I said, I don't believe there is dangerous information. It's all about how you discern it. But what do you think? 
I agree. I, I've always been someone that I would rather have information and I can read it and come to my own conclusions. And, mm-hmm. you know, the, the only, the only truly like bad information maybe is if it's like intentionally sinister. Um, but I mean, that, that's something where it's like, if, if that's the case, I don't that's what know the, the mainstream's doing actually, but you know, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. it's, yeah. it's, but, but that, again, that, that's part of the agenda pushing and, and, and the fact that that's, more valuable to them and because i know it's sold i mean if, if i'm if i'm being completely honest I'm, I'm like if you if you look at things at a high level and, and and the way that media is structured i mean do you think that it's more profitable for them to create an absolute chaotic narrative or one that's actually logical well-reasoned and sound like they, they make more profit in chaos and in calmness um and, and that's why they, you know they're, they're their profit incentive is to continue to push these narratives because they're divisive inherently and because people talk about them more and because it pushes more content, it probably ups their subscriber volume because those just, they're, they're like hitting on very passionate issues <clears throat> and they understand that because that's their audience. Like they are inherently a business. This is this is what for-profit journalism looks like. I mean, it's, this is like this is like the pinnacle of for-profit journalism. Um, and so, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's wild. Um, but, you know, kind of going back to uh, the, the, in terms of is there bad information? You know, ultimately, though, I, I'd rather have more than less and, and let either the people decide or um, at least classify it in a way so that if it is questionable, you know, not like flagging it and, you know, what social media does right now. But just make that information or if there's any concern around the validity of the information, just make that clear to the person reading it. Um, but like, it's not our intention to tell you how to use it or, or why to use it. It's just meant to be a tool, right? That's, you know, uh, to really also help people keep up with the speed of information. Because even today, you, you look at how much content in general is produced. It's impossible to read even a small fraction of it. Um, so this is, you know, it's something to help people keep up with information and and um, have more control over it so in that sense it's like if you don't want to read something you don't have to read it you know it, it's not like it's there you know and you, and you have to read it uh, it's just to encourage freedom exploration and so i don't think within that context that there really is anything sinister within that Right on. Now, I want to get your thoughts on on some techie stuff that I don't really understand. Uh, Starting with crypto and blockchain, um, I want to know if you think it's uh, beneficial, if there's any downsides we should be worried about, and if you're integrating anything like that into your systems. That's a good question. I mean, I've always been, in, in terms of crypto, I've always believed that it's it's the the companies that utilize blockchain as a technology um, within like a business application that that was always going to be what kind of drove value uh, within them. Um, you know, Bitcoin as a store of value, I, I get, it's just, I think it's just ultimately too volatile to be that in, 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 in my opinion. Um, but, um, you know, com- companies that I, I've, I've looked into at least that look like they have sort of a business application, either within storing information within the blockchain or um, any sort of like supply chain operations that utilize that. Um, to me, that's where I felt like that was the most value, at least in terms of you know, safety, if I'm, if I'm um, looking to invest, right? That, that's what I was looking at specifically. 
Right on. Now, uh, are you going to be uh, possibly integrating anything having to do with crypto or blockchain into what you're doing with SIF News? I know there's a bunch of companies, including one I work with, Rockfin, who uh, you know do work with uh, their own token. They mint their own token and things of that nature. Is that something that you're ever interested in? I mean, it, it's it's interesting. I mean, if, if we could potentially even tie that into um, like some sort of fact checking um, or like validating of, of, of the content itself could be interesting. Um, it's not something that like we're like we've like talked about or anything just because it's, you know, we're still kind of focusing on um, just the, the, the groundwork, I guess, laying the groundwork for the foundation of it. Um, but, it, you know, I, I, I won't say it's like out of the question. What about uh, NFTs? This is one that I really, uh, <laughs> you know, I've always, I've, I've been wanting to get in, have a more understanding, a better understanding of what this is. First, maybe if you could tell us what your understanding is and if you're implementing anything like that. Yeah, I mean, to be completely honest, NFTs are not something I've gotten into either. Uh, it's like one of those things where like I've wanted to look into it, but I just haven't really uh, sunk my teeth into it yet either. It just, from from what I've read, it, it sounds like it's, uh, it sounds like it's like an inherent bubble where like they have value because they just say, they say it has value, but it's, there's no inherent value to an NFT. It's like, it's like almost like a piece of art. Like I've seen a lot of artists create NFTs that they can sell. Um, I, I personally don't think we'll like jump into that at all. Um, but yeah, I, I, I really haven't looked into that uh, too much, to be honest. Are you concerned that, um, censorship and overall agendas that are unfolding right now are going to be a catalyst to the basically the downfall of any types of online speed freedom of speech or communication that we're seeing to where it's all going to be centralized under this one you know global wing to where they control all information coming in all information going out and we're only going to hear the one narrative um it's it's you know it's that's what they obviously want for our future but uh do you think it can be achieved or do you see a more brighter outcome and us breaking out of these systems yeah i mean i mean i uh, of course i i believe that there is a way out of it i i don't think that we're sort of you know predetermined or destined to go anywhere in particular i think if, if there's anything what we've seen is you know we're really good problem solvers as people, right? And I think that as people begin to understand the problem and can understand how to either work around the problem or, or, or um, find alternatives, like the, the, the key is alternatives. Um, you know, a lot of like what you described, sort of the, the, the dystopian element of it is because there's no choice, right? Like if we're forced into that, um, that route, then that's what will happen. But the reality is that we're not forced into doing that. It's just the way that the system is structured. So for me, it's like, as long as there are people that are willing to understand where the gaps are, and, and even without, like what I'm trying to do with SIF News is to build out those alternatives and try to find um, even business models that support those alternatives, I, I think we'll be okay, right? Because um, even, even like just to uh, Rumble, for example, I've, I've heard of, you know, that's a company that's an alternative to YouTube that is more about um, just pro-consumer, pro-user pro, um, and content creator in terms of what you're able to share. Um, so like companies like that, right, just focusing on alternatives, focusing on really also just the positives of what we're able to do, 
um, and, and, and really fostering the communities that see the world in that way, in, in the right way, right? What, what we can do and what we can achieve um, um, within the system itself. Because again, we're not forced into a certain line of thinking, regardless of what the powers that be want us to believe, of course, right? You know, it's, it's, you know, it's mainstream for a reason, but you don't have to abide by it. Right. Well, are you worried about them, you know, possibly flipping some kind of online switch to where you're not even allowed on there? You can't, you know, we're, we're not allowed on the airwaves anymore. We're not allowed online, on social media. Uh, we're not allowed to create our own platforms. It all has to be part of these two corporations. And if it's not part of that, you're, you're under it. Do you think that that is a possibility? I mean... I want to say no in, in this country. <laughs> mm. I mean, I know it. It's it's you know, like if we're looking at like a country like Russia, then it's absolutely true. But I, I want to believe in the U.S. That's not something that would happen, or at least if it does happen, that's when people would start right. making some changes. Like I, I don't want to believe we're going to live under some overboard dictator where we have no ability to, um, you know, make decisions because that, that's that's not at all what the country is about. I mean, that's, I, I, yeah, I just, I, 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 I mean, I, I can't say it's impossible, but I, I'd want to believe that if that were ever something that were even propositioned, like that some, someone somewhere would step up to not let that legislation pass through. Right, right on. And that's, you know, if it does, that's when we find out who, where the cojones are, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Man. I mean, that, that, that would be the, the true uh, ultimatum for the direction of this country. Yeah, for sure. Well, we, we're definitely living in critical times when it comes to all this stuff. Uh, where do you see the future of SIFT News, and how far do you do you see this going? Yeah, so in terms of the future, like right now, the goal is to really just start to get the word out, um, um, start talking about the vision. I, I, I want to um, also just emphasize the fact that you know, this is something that's like very much going to be a grassroots movement, and we're still early enough to where um, people that I talk to day to day, friends, colleagues, anyone else that I've talked to about this are able to help us shape the direction of the company as well uh, in terms of the, you know, the features they want to see, the experience they want to see. Because um, ultimately, we're, we're trying to create a better news experience. And to do that, you know, we're, we're doing that for the people, right? We're trying to be a very pro consumer product. I don't, even, I don't even run ads on the site. Um, I don't intend to run ads on the site. Because um, again, that's a big part of what clutters people's space when they're trying to read content. Um, and so, you know, at, at this point, it's just a matter of trying to get some momentum going, um, getting people on board with the vision, um, um, you know, sign up for the product, try it out, see what you think, um, what you like, what you don't like, and then just continue to build around the, the people that care and, and want to see this um, continue to be a part of their life. Um, because I know for me, um, I've been using it myself, and it's been really cool to be able to look at different perspectives and see um, what I could be missing out on from, you know, if I was just scrolling on like Facebook or Instagram or Twitter. Um, and so like, I want to just see other people sort of have that experience too, and then continue to build around that, build out the amount of sources we have, build out the features that we have. Um, so I, I, you know, in terms of how far I see this going, I mean, I, I want to believe that this can become, um, a legitimate competitor within the, um, maybe not so much like competing specifically with social media, but as a news aggregator, something that people go to and, and use day to day as, as part of a habit. I think if we can get to that level where um, people kind of prefer to use uh, SIF news over social media, that would be like the pinnacle of success in my mind, where 
um, people are actually kind of taking ownership over um, their information channels. Um, so that would be like my, my end goal of where I can get to. And I, I, I do believe we can get there. I mean, it's, it's certainly not going to be uh, an easy path. This is very much against David versus Goliath sort of mm-hmm. mission because these companies are so massive. But you know, for us, it's like we're, we're trying to you know, at least play, play nicely with them. We're not trying to say that they're inherently evil or bad necessarily. It's just that their their control is what's concerning, right? Yeah. Um, and that's ultimately what uh, we're trying to build an alternative to. Um, and then, of, of course, if we can also help um, revive, even in some small way, the local or independent journalism market, because um, it's just completely like gutted at this point. I mean, like I said, at every level, these these local journalists and these newsrooms are, are getting gutted. And it's been that way for a long time. And again, this, that used to be the lifeblood of America in terms of people caring about their community, educating their community, because um, this is maybe getting a little off topic, but even just talking about journalism as just a concept that, that used to be an esteemed title, right? Like that's, that should be like in line with, For sure. um, you know, a, a community social, uh, not, not, not social worker, but you know, it, you know what I mean? Where it's like, they're, oh, yeah. they're a key part of, of, of maintaining society. Yeah. And, and right now it's like, you're, you're more close closer to like an actor or an actress a uh, propagandist um, yeah, exactly right um and and so even to like help restore some of what journalism used to be um i think that would that that, that would be the, the sort of the pinnacle where i'd want this to be where if we're able to do both sides of that that would be phenomenal right on man i am on board uh tell the people how they can find out more if they want to check out what you got going so far yeah, for sure. So like I said, you can check it out on at sifnews.com, S-Y-F-T-N-E-W-S.com. Um, we got Instagram, Sif News, uh, as well as Facebook, all, all, all the socials. It's all Sif News. Um, so it's so pretty easy to find there. But I'd say best way um, would be to create an account and, and just check it out. Um, I'm, I'm pretty easy to talk to. And I, I don't know if you can, I can send you my socials as well. But it's, it's uh, uh, Adam Weinstein. I mean, there's a lot of them, so I can send the specific. Yeah, one, I'll put but, them in the. I'll put them um, in the description if you want. Sure. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I'm I, you know, easy enough to talk to. Um, reach out. I'm, I'm curious to hear what people think. And uh, um, so yeah, uh, that's that's the, the best way to support. And and I, and I appreciate the uh, the opportunity to come on and, and talk to you as well. For sure, man. Yeah, I love what you're doing, and uh, keep it up. I'm hoping that uh, it will actually. Uh, destroy the traditional social media and bs news platforms forever but you know that's just high hopes but man yeah i do love what you're doing thank you so much for coming on and talking with us today and uh, i'd love to talk with you again in the future and uh don't hang up after we go i just want to uh, talk with you for a second about something else well until next time everyone have an excellent evening and we will talk again tomorrow we'll see you then